commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your all-new service providing in-depth coverage of the latest stories around the galaxy. Now, the new segment rundown for May 6, 2022. Boba's Bounty Board. Old Ben's Hermit Hut. But first, this news. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. Welcome, everyone, to another week of Core World News. I think this is episode 235. Wow. Um, yeah. That. Yeah. I just <laughs> wanted to throw a number in there. It's pretty great. This yeah. is the week of uh, May the 4th here on Earth. Um, and so, yeah, there was a couple news items that popped out uh, this week uh, from May the 4th Be With You. And... Uh, we got a new Kenobi trailer, which mm-hmm. we will talk about shortly. Um, and we also, uh, Disney Plus drops the gallery series for Book of Boba Fett, which is their behind-the-scenes documentary they've been doing regu- regularly um, for all of their programming, and it's um, really fun and insightful. Um, so no news this week. We're gonna uh, we're just going to jump right into these new uh, pieces of media straight out of Lucasfilm. So... Gentlemen, Adam Grant, good to see you. Um, what do you uh, What do you think about this gallery episode of Book of Boba Fett, taking you back to the days in Mos Espa? Oof, I was honestly like blown away by just the technical achievement, uh, not only with the VFX but just like the the legacy designs coming back in new ways and how they're harnessing effects to basically bring back the Raincorn and in a really fun new way where it's practical most of the time. When you're watching that yes. episode, it's practical most yeah. like the time. Just the at least the, the top part, the head, the back shoulders, where Boba's sitting. It just seems like the design team and the practical effects team just went the extra mile for this show. And it's really just an effects showcase as well as a, a wonderful storytelling showcase and the choices that John and Dave and all the directors, Bryce Dallas Howard and... Rod Rodriguez, all these people made like just incredible choices, uh, incredible story choices, uh, directing. Um, yeah, it's really great, insightful. Yeah, uh, series. And is there more than one episode, or is it just this one? Just the just one. One. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah. Similarly, I I just I'm always so impressed watching the special effects teams and the work that goes behind it. I just I always think back to when we had heard they were doing The Mandalorian, that they were doing these shows on Disney Plus, and Back then, this is hard to imagine, but early reference point really for like TV genre TV shows within universes was like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the early Netflix like Daredevil and stuff. And I just my mind could not imagine a good TV show within the Star Wars universe that didn't feel cheap. Right. And then and then watching these, I I just blown away with the amount of effort and time and um, frankly, just talent they put behind yeah. these, these shows yeah and the ingenuity of like robert rodriguez yeah. making little wireframe maquettes at home to <laughs> showcase what yeah. the that sand monster you know the movie oh, that sand and then filming it that. himself yeah, yeah and then deciding. filming yeah. sand monster yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and cutting it compositing you know his body roughly yeah. on top of i guess his uh, his body and kind yeah. of double I, exposure or whatever and making the monster it was really spectacular i, I, I effort. Yeah. blow out that that section for a second before we move on because if you haven't 
if, if you're listening to this, you have not seen this episode. What we're referring to is, you probably remember the sand monster from Book of Boba Fett. It's the four-armed creature, very Ray Harryhausen, stop-motion looking creature. And, and Robert Rodriguez wanted to do this. And he was talking about how he would have to do this over Zoom. So he created this wireframe thing. And they decided, you know what? I can do this at home in my home studio. So there's a video of him compositing himself to look like this creature. And I just wrote, that is, that video is equally equal parts hilarious and terrifying like that's gonna be yeah. my yeah. name is, is <laughs> it was Robert frightening when he had character. it in his brain he had this vision yeah. for this creature he's like and then when it can fall on its, its lower arms and become a centaur and i was like that's terrifying yeah, yeah. he should be in charge of all creature design going forward yeah. he's like i really wanted a forearm creature so it could punch with four arms yeah, <laughs> yeah i was i was like guys do you have like on a regular basis do you think about are there any creature designs you're just thinking about like is there anything just in the in the noodle that you're like oh, I, I need to see this creature because i don't i have zero like monster designs in my head so it's yeah i just thought that was like a like a superpower that robert rodriguez had um yeah, yeah really cool and i love that he put his thumbprint on it there i was yeah. gonna say you know my, my first takeaway from this was just the exuberance uh, mm -hmm. and like I, I mean i knew that there's they're all hardcore star wars fans but like from the directors to the cast to the um, crew, just like everyone losing their mind at the opportunity yeah. to make. I'm so glad this, this little doc yeah. gave Ming-Na Wen like two minutes yep. of just geeking. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, someone needed to geek out. And I was like, I love that Ming-Na Wen is just a huge Star Wars fan. I love that, that they got they gave her like, you know, gave her a few minutes yeah. just on this this inside behind the scenes documentary to like just geek out over everything that's around, like the Panthers, the Speeders. Is oh, cool. and they talk about it in this, but I was just from following her on Instagram, she is a legit giant nerd yeah. geek <laughs> dork. Like every yeah. single thing. Sure. Like every different day is a different like thing that she's in that she loves. And it's hard sometimes because the two prominent roles she's had within like the, like the major genres are agents of shield and book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. And she plays somewhat similar characters in both, which are really tough stoic characters. Right. So they don't yeah. have a lot of like Spec emotional sort of yeah. characters. Yeah. And she is just so enthusiastic on it. So it's, and it's, it's fun to watch her in this, just, just lose her mind over 88. Yeah, I oh, loved yeah. doing Matt that. Barry. Yeah, I loved watching that part. And then uh, uh, Rosario Dawson was the one that made me like, oh yeah, laugh out loud, because they they plocooned her. They were part. like, I was like, Whoa. yeah, I can't believe she fell for the plocoon thing twice. Yeah, like how how that do you not a, like that's get the it? Best surprise ever. Though. I was thinking about like <laughs> the lists of like fantasy surprises I'd like to experience oh. in life, and I was like, yeah. that is. Like number yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's don't the thing. tell like, me I'm just... working with Mark Hamill, and then he's like, "Hi," and, and I'm he's like, "There, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah." Rosario's face in kidding? one thing is all of us. Like, if yeah. you got dropped into a room and said, "Like, you're gonna be a, a uh, Jedi uh, hanging out with Luke Skywalker," yeah, but it's gonna be Mark Hamill. Like, she has this smile that just looks like it's like her <laughs> muscles, all of her yeah. muscles are just flexing as hard yeah. as she can <laughs> not do the biggest smile she's done in her life. And I'm like, yes, that's, that was how yeah. I would feel was, if I could stand is, next to Mark. Yeah. It was so surprising. Cause I assume like it, it didn't shock me when she started talking They're Like they didn't like center the pages to read. And it said Plo Kloon. Cause I get that. Like you're trying to like, you know, keep everything under wraps, but they kept that secret to her just to make it clear to our listeners until she walked on set the day of filming. <laughs> like yes like literally she walked in there it was just like there's mark hamill like 
I'm going to be acting next yeah. to Luke Skywalker, which is, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe she fell for the Plo Koon thing, though. I know. <laughs> like, they already did that in, in season two, and she's like, wow, yeah. Plo Koon. She's like, all right, well, uh, they'll make that work. Yeah. Plo Koon's dead, man. We all yeah. want him to come back, but it's not going to happen. I, I still think no. I think Luke he's going to We're think, making shirts, guys. It's happening. I think so. I think that they okay. have, that now that they have made, they have it in their repertoire, yeah. You're gonna pull that out. Maybe maybe we'll get a Plo Kloon, uh flashback in uh, Obi Wan just because they have that now. They can they can, <laughs> yeah. can do a flashback with Obi Wan interacting with Plo Kloon. That'd be Plo great. Kloon. Yeah, it, it shows was, like it was... it's the follow up scene to all of their like quote unquote <laughs> deaths in like, <laughs> and it's like, but it's actually most of them escaping. Yeah, that would be amazing. Mace do and Plo Kloon yeah. especially. Yeah, Ayla Secure. Anywho, um, so we we got some new stuff in here. They kind of, they went somewhat chronologically through this. Um, I felt like they walked over a lot of stuff that we had seen already. Yeah. I forget yeah. like what other behind the scenes stuff we've seen, but we know that Tamara Morrison is a god among men. Um, everyone loved him. There was a new stuff with with George. They talk about George Lucas. Uh, I think it was Kathleen was the one. Kathleen Kennedy was the one that was like. George, you know, George Lucas telling her, oh, my gosh, I found this amazing actor to play Django Fett and right. uh, Tamara Morrison. And he's like, you have to, you know, ultimately it was like, you have to promise me if you ever cast Boba Fett, you use this actor. Yeah. And sure. Show enough. Yeah. And and I just Tamara Morrison is is just amazing. And like there's a scene where he's just reading the scene description yeah. in his trailer and it oh, just, I was so, I just loved listening to that. Like, just listening to him read it was just, oh man, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The action. Yeah. The, the scene yeah. description for that was, oh, it was just staggering. It was beautifully written. I think John Favreau is quite a good writer. Um, yeah. Hopefully they'll release the scripts officially at some point. Um, I would but, love uh, it. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. It might be in some of the making of books and things like that. I'm not too sure. But, um, Beautiful. That was a beautiful moment. I just love the 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 idea of giving Boba Fett a family and a community because he was so tightly knit with his father. Like the they even spoke in the sort of like Fett code to each other. Like it, it's fun to have him back in a family environment in the Tuscans. And then I guess now that it's taken away from him, it's now turned into more of a gangster story uh, with the Gotrips yeah. and things like that. But it was it was fun what John Favreau decided to do with the character and giving him this new sort of community. Um, and I think that does. He did talk about how that that kind of rounds the character out and, and it yeah, allows I mean, you to feel more, for, you know, empathize with the character, things like that, and you know, feel the full impact of the piece. And so I thought it was really cool to hear that insight, to hear his his sort of ideas about the story and what what, what choices he was going to make with Boba Fett. I thought that was really fun. I agree. I know there was a lot of discussion about you know why did they why did they change Boba Fett's character, right? And and I like the fact that. This is addressed in this documentary that that yeah Favreau took the time to say this is why we made the story decisions we made and he he makes a solid argument. I from also a love that he was he he was be, thinking very carefully about every single choice and decision in writing the scripts where he's like we look at this through a prism like a prism of you know what is it how does it connect to canon the established yeah. canon how does it relate to legends and all the people that loved legends material yeah. and um like how does it feel like overall with the, with the films or with the yeah. you know with the legacy of, of star wars itself and where it began like and i love that he looks at everything in a sort of like yeah. multi-faceted way i thought that was really cool to get that insight yeah, they, there was also some more insight on the hero's journey here. Uh, Favreau was mentioning like 
you know, when you have stories about heroes, they need to be accomplishing something larger than themselves. And so, you know, traditionally, right. think Boba Fett is a pretty selfish character, right? I mean, that's the nature of being a bounty hunter. You just gun for hire, right? Trying to get through. And then, um, but so I thought I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. If we're going to make Boba Fett a hero, you know, in this this series about heroes, essentially, um, then, yeah, that's something we have to do. And it's, it was a very creative way to use the Tuskins uh, ch- and, and his experience in the, the Sarlacc to change him and have him sort of start grasping. Um, Honestly, like I something. think that was my favorite part of the documentary was the 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 Sarlacc, the discussion of how he escapes the Sarlacc, yeah. what sort of practical production design they're going to create to show the innards of the Sarlacc. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know why, I just thought that was such a fun, that must have been such a fun design discussion and yeah. just a conversation like we are doing. And that is the sort of thing that was, uh, I, I think that was the sort of scene that we had all imagined in our minds. Yeah. Our, our mind's yeah. eye. Uh, uh, for Boba Fett was like, how does yep. he get out of the pit? And we all were thinking about it. And I think they did. A, I think they did a tremendous job with the, just the design of the, the, the I, sort of tight claustrophobic space and inside. I, yeah, and I remember when it first happened in the show, I was just like, oh, that's it. Like, not that's it, but like it was done. It's done so quickly. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. And, and and but the more I look back to it, I'm like, yeah, kind of makes sense, right? Like, I think I think we have this because it's been. 30 some odd years we've been wondering you build it up in your head in this grand thing when in reality like what they showed us on screen makes a lot of sense for how you get out of a out of the stomach of a, of a creature like it's not going to be this long arduous process right it's just it makes sense yeah totally i'm pretty sure pat Oswald called this in his like <laughs> yeah that's right cameo yeah, on Parks Parks Rec. Rec. if yeah, you have not seen like the meme seen where they line up his speech and Boba Fett. Just Google it. It's yeah, yeah hilarious. It's yeah, great. Um, I love Pat yeah. Oswald so much. Yeah, uh, I have but, a I have a direct question for Grant. Ben, uh, feel free to to join in. Uh, they name checked Conan the Barbarian. Oh yeah, like, three I, times I, in this. The one Thoughts? tweet I made. A, yeah, so the one tweet I made about this show very early. I saw the first trailer. I saw. I think the first, you know, whatever teaser I saw for this show. I was just like. Oh, so Boba is Conan is like the first tweet <laughs> I ever put out ever. And I was and I was and I just I don't know if it's still there or like I, I I just no one replied to it. No one cared. No one saw the relationship. But I was just like, oh, no, this is Conan, because I don't know if you read yeah. the old Robert E. Howard books. It's all about this sort of like wayward warrior who's finding community in different places, but is constantly losing community and having to go yeah. back out and, and fight, you know, against the, the evil forces or the evil, you know, yeah. armadas of the, the land. It, it, it was, it's just, it felt very rugged, like Conan. Yeah. And his, it, his whole mentality felt very Conan to me in terms of sitting on a throne and sort of being this yeah. daimyo. It was, it was, it was so cool. Um, yeah. it, it also very much a samurai flick. Like, I don't, yeah. I am surprised I didn't mention the whole daimyo stuff like that, all that, all that terminology yeah. given like he is a kind of like um i guess like the the faction Eagle, leader the like, warlord yeah. like the gotra leader of that area or whatever so it's yeah cool. it's interesting i think they wanted to, they they seem to be like it it's like i just feel like the elevator pitch is like what if boba fett was Conan the barbarian in the godfather <laughs> jabba's yeah. palace also evokes sort so, of that imagery like the frank frazetta sort of like yeah. sandstone interior castle interior you know a, a starry night uh boba sitting on throne that's very conan like that imagery yeah. is very conan 
Um, and I saw that the lighting throughout the series, I thought it was evoked Conan and, and stuff like that. So that was cool. Um, it was also cool to see them reference the Godfather and being like, this is a gangster movie, like it through and through. John Favreau was reaching to a lot of the gangster, you know, flicks and 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 choosing, you know, the, the things he liked and bringing it in. And I thought that was cool. And it's, hot rod culture. It was cool when he yeah. jumped to hot. He was like, it's also hot rod culture. You know how yeah. George love hot rods? I'm doubling down on that. Like I am. Yeah. I'm. This is all about a tribute to George in terms of like showing off. You know what American graffiti was about, but just in Star Wars with these cool like the mopeds, obviously moped yeah. chases, the N1 starfighter stripping that down, modding it. See, that's the interesting thing. I realize that's the one thing they didn't touch very much in this documentary are the mods. They mentioned them very briefly when they talk about Fennec Shan getting rebuilt, right? Yeah. And you get right. and you get Favreau talking about how one generation re- rejected droids like in the Mandalorian. And now you have a new generation loving it. But like it's interesting that they steer clear of discussing the mods, which you know, the internet is, you know, a, a hive of scum and villainy. And we saw that with a lot of the discussions surrounding the mods. But they really didn't touch on it much in this, did yeah. they? Unless I missed something. It seems major. like kind of a missed opportunity because it's like, stand behind, yeah. explain your choice, yeah. stand behind your decision there to use them. I mean, whatever. They are, they were what they were. They were bold strokes. Yeah. I commend bold strokes. And, you know, that's it. But, you know, you take it a shot. I appreciate decision. taking a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but, just, yeah, I was just, just fascinated. I realized that's kind of one thing they just were like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, yeah. we're gonna leave yeah, that." Yeah, because I would have loved the inspiration for that. Like, what yeah. what what was the inspiration for the candy coated mopeds? It, am I like American Graffiti? I don't think had a lot of candy coated like automobiles. I'm trying to think like oh, what sure. was the the they did. I think it did. It did. Yeah, I guess it did. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean they no, I mean like you know yeah, American Graffiti had some you know pretty candy coated, pretty bright, stuff. vibrant cars. Yeah, I yeah. guess. It, cars yeah. I mean, for the time period but um I, I thought it was actually interesting where they showed like it was just a behind the scenes shot of robert rodriguez next to like the green moped oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like that looks pretty good you know like yeah. in that shot i'm like that's you know for being a bright green green car on a desert world uh or you know be a green vehicle on a desert world it um it looks actually you could see the weather wear like up close which you never really get in this show but like up close, it's like it's worn down. It has this beat up leather seat and like it's um, they looked pretty good there. But um, yeah, anyways, whatever. The mods are the mods. Um, deal with it. I <laughs> like the I, I thought the mods like, you know, re- in retrospect, I do like the mods. I like the decision to introduce people who are more yeah. cybernetic, more cyborgs in the storyline. I just feel like I feel like it's just fun to to have a variety, have have your alien creatures, have your non-humans, have your have your yep. cyborgs and have your humans yeah. you know have like have the whole full spectrum yeah it would, i don't really, want it, to it brings background but, to what what happened to fennec shan too which they yeah. probably felt was important totally and i, I don't want to be old man yelling at sky but like so but like <laughs> the the problem with the internet the problem one of the problems no <laughs> this is, that, is like, it this is the one i can't wait to solve it i'm gonna, it. I'm gonna fix it great. i'm gonna be like elon musk and i'm gonna fix it fix it <laughs> 45 million dollars yeah, 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 no. Um. Anyway, one issue amongst many things is that like it doesn't allow us time to digest things and think about things. It's all just reaction, reaction, reaction. Because like when I first saw them, I will be a hundred percent honest. Where I went, I it it threw me. I, it threw me, as shows do. And then I watched the show more, and I was fine with it, right? Because yeah, because. Yeah. I could digest it and think about it and see it use and more and like the characters that they're introducing and see them in the world. And then by the end of the season, I was fine with the mods, right? As opposed to everything becoming a battle 
front online. Right. That mm-hmm. happens to me a lot watching yeah. Star Wars. And sometimes it's names of things where I'm like, I can't even, pron- I don't even know how you would pronounce, spell that name. I don't know how it's pronounced. I can't, but I mean, that's the whole point. It's a galaxy far, yeah. far away a long, long time ago. And it's like, you know, things are going to, the first time they hit you, they're going to be quote unquote weird. They're going to, yeah. they're going to seem, um, you know, different, but. Are you still okay with, with Lars uh, Owen introducing Baru as his girlfriend? Oh, yeah, 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 right. Certain like, things oh, I will cute. never not get thrown by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the prequels will squeak by. So many things squeak by for me in the prequels. And I'm just think I think I was just an influenceable, like a uh, highly influenceable kid of like, you know, when I saw those movies that I just... At this point, it's all just forgiven. <laughs> I'm like, good. wow. That, I was just so elated to have new Star Wars. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. just thinking about like where I was and the prequels came out just fills my body like with joy and yeah. anticipation. And I think that's why I'll always love them. Yeah. Love them. And the, this show felt very indulgent, like the prequels. Like we did explore yeah. a lot of Star yeah. Wars. Like, and even the end, the last episode, uh, Rod- Rodriguez goes into like, the script had it all. It had raincores. It had yeah, Gatras. It had you know, had like the town coming up and and revolt. It was, it was like Cad it was Bane. just had everything. Cad Bane, yeah, yeah. That gave this definitely gave me a brand new appreciation for that final episode. And I, I'm going to eventually, when I can come up from air, um, from my regular life, uh, watch this whole thing. And I want to watch it in like a sitting. Um, yeah, the, the yeah. whole Boba Fett again, but. The, the finale, you know, it was impressive when I saw it the first couple times, but uh, a lot. it's yeah. When you when you put it into context of all the, the beats they had to hit. Yeah, um, it's really astounding. And I, I love the anecdote of Robert Rodriguez sort of <laughs> negotiating being the director for that episode. Yeah, that was pretty cool. A lot of that was shot in a pretty small back lot too, an outdoor. Yeah, lot. yeah. It was like all practical, um, too, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. With just set extensions, I guess, and practical sets. Uh, it was really cool um, to also, see how much he was able to do there, how much he was able to get in the can there. He used yeah. every inch of that outdoor lot to basically yeah. frame shots and create new dynamic action moments. So that was cool. Yeah. And, and the other mean, thing is, I appreciate that. I feel like I feel like we got. I know we when the show was on, we were kind of wondering where was Robert Robert Rodriguez in this show, right? Because he only directed a couple episodes, and we were just kind of like, what was his role? And I think this did a good job of really showing where he was in this that because there's a lot that he was involved with on set seemingly directing stuff in episodes that he was not the director of yeah yeah so they had a lot of voices in the room yeah um and and none was more apparent than the luke skywalker episodes with mark hamill Hamill was like a director for a single actor and also like helped direct that i mean oh my gosh i wish i would watch all of his like onset time in real time. Like, I just want to see that because I adore Mark Hamill. But can you like all of that knowledge that Hamill has for Luke Skywalker? Um, no one knows him better. And then just being like, open the faucets up the whole way, Mark. Like, let us yeah. know what what what's going on with this character right now. This makes me watching that section made me more certain that we are going to get a Luke Skywalker live action show. Mm. Just yeah. because of the technology and how far it's come and. The facial he loves his character. He loves playing this character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mark's like, direct like Shatner. That show. Yeah. Yeah. You give Shatner a chance to play Kirk. He will always play Kirk. He'll never say no to playing Kirk. You give you give Mark Hamill a chance to play Skywalker. He's never saying no. 
I hope so. You know, he's at a certain stage in his life where maybe he just wants to relax. Um, you know, it's a lot of work to put in one of these series, but I, I know but his fans why. would appreciate it. But that's why, because look at how he did it. He was yeah. literally sitting on a chair yeah. telling a person how to act, which is like, which, I mean, that's amazing for a couple of reasons. And not just to be like, it's like you get to sit down all day, but like he knows this character. And to be given the reins to, as you said, direct an actor, like that's got to feel amazing, right? Like to have that ownership over over that character is kind of like, I just, I, it's beautiful. Like it's beautiful that yeah. they they want him so much. They trust him so much to be, like you said, a director for a single actor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what a great exhibition of the technology to do uh, Legends of Luke Skywalker show where he just goes to explore alien civilizations on distant worlds and yeah. discovers their relationship to the force. And it can be very quiet and solemn and, and it can just be Luke and, you know, sitting in the wilderness somewhere and it, it can it can be a slow grind of a show. And yeah. it doesn't need to really unveil much, reveal nope. much, do any real plot for for the overarching very story. Episodic. Doesn't need to do anything. Doesn't yeah. need to yeah. do much. No. Yeah. I know. And we've talked about this a lot. Is just like because in my mind, I'm like, you know, why can't Boba Fett just go, you know, place to place collecting bounties? Why can't Luke Skywalker have no overarching plot and just be the blind swordsman and sort of go into interaction, into interaction, interaction? If we're gonna use like what favreau was saying which is like well this is it's still a hero story here and heroes need to save people and you know there needs to be an objective for the greater good um or a greater a greater objective uh yeah. for the main character you know the mandalorian is like essentially turns into a father figure and that's sort of his arc but uh, i mean you could have luke skywalker sort of becoming very selfish like wanting to like this wanting to become a hermit like always having that in his mind and then come to the realization that he owes it to the galaxy to create a school and to um, bring them together. And I mean, that could be the combination. Yeah. It could just sort of, because I think it ends at him creating the school and then we, you know, hard stop before we get into the Kylo Ren stuff or the yeah. stuff. I'll, what about this? I'll sell you on something. Try selling you on something. So, so the, this season of Picard just ended uh, on Paramount plus the Star Trek Picard yeah. uh, is 10 episodes long. My wife and I, as we often do after we finish something, uh, edit it in our heads. And what we realize is that should have been a four-episode miniseries. The, the okay. Picard season two, if they had boiled down to four episodes as opposed to ten, would have been amazing. I cried the first episode. I cried the, the, the last episode. There are eight episodes in between the episodes that did not necessarily need to happen. Right. Um, what if you did that? What if you did that with Luke Skywalker instead of doing these long form seasons? Not long. I mean, there's six, seven, eight episodes, but just do really limited miniseries. Like every couple of years, just do four one hour episodes, right? Like just do a contained almost mini movie, right? Like just a movie here and there in episodic format. So you would yeah. just want four episodes of that story or you mean yeah. like every couple of years you get a because then episode. it is episodic in nature, right? In that you can tell one story, but it's contained and small and it's, it's just... I don't want to evoke uh, any trigger words for Adam, but um, if you say tree of life, I'm I don't leaving. want to say, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say the Terrence Malick approach, <laughs> uh, approach for a Luke Skywalker anthology. I, I would actually love but that. I'm going to say the Terrence Malick approach might yeah. be the one thing that's suited for this kind of series. It's almost like yeah. half character journey, half biomes. Like we loved yeah. watching biomes. Yes. Just, yes. It's silent. It's literally just, uh, a aerial shot of a specific biome or planet like yeah. Mustafar or what have you, Yavin, whatever it is. And you just, we just fly, it just flyovers. And 
Um, we love that. I don't I, I, a blend of that and a little bit of a character journey might be exactly what I want for yeah. an afternoon. You know what I mean? Just like, like oh, yeah. it's an hour long. Yeah. It's like a Luke fun Luke thing that's just an adventure, but it's also yeah really quiet and talks about the force and maybe it just investigates a civilization's kind of connection to the force every you know they all have a different connection to the force and each episode just investigates it in a different way and that's what i want and i I mean i you know again i'm not a film well i'm a sound guy i'm not a filmmaker right um i do work on sets but i'm not so i I get an idea but i've never you know been adjacent to anything of this scope but i mean that's what i want just like murmuring words and the camera doing these like rushing dolly shots at him that's the worst parts of the terrence malick kind of like approach i would think it's just more like the slower moments and like more a lot of just slow you know sort of um, so this is what this is i'm going to invoke favreau again like from this this piece he wrote um and i'm paraphrasing slightly but exposition can be a drag but in star wars you're on the edge of your seat because you want to learn the lore and um, I think that's what that Luke Skywalker show could be. It's just sort of like each episode you're you getting another like lore drop about the nature of the force. And like it, you know, there's enough sort of and, and like they can be misdirect and, you know, they, they can take in a lot of different ways. And you can always learn more information that makes the you yeah, know, and get, getting closer to the source of the the the, the first Jedi. That's the yeah. sort of like like maybe which civilization was connected to the earliest Jedi and sort of learning what they thought about the force. But he never gets that like he never gets that consensus of learning the actual yeah. origin of anything. And so it's just that's kind of the, the end of the show is this open ended like, you know, there really isn't an answer for this. It's 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 always going to be subjective, much like Star Wars itself. Like you're going to have a subjective interpretation of myth. You're going to have a su- yeah. subjective interpretation of the force. <clears throat> I just you just gave me this idea that, yeah. like, I'm sorry, I'm going to steam really. No, go for it. it. This is that it, he could be on the on the uh, like the trail of the wills. And he's yeah. going to sort of like figure like the wills are going to come out and he's like, who are the wills? Like, I can't figure it out. And like the last episode or like maybe in frequent episodes, it just like shrinks to like inner space and you like see the wills <laughs> for a second. And it's just like they're always there. But he's just like, where is the civilization of the wills? But they're microscopic and, uh, and that, <laughs> never finds it, never is, gets it. That segment's directed George by Lucas. George Lucas. That's how you yeah. George Lucas come in. Direct Written and directed by George Lucas. But yeah. But, Imagine my my thought was imagine a mini series or just a few episodes of like um, Luke going to Castle Vader. Yeah, like just trying to figure out his dad and then, I don't know, encountering Mommin's helmet. Yep, Mommin's helmet. The weird (laughs) like like, resurrection crash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that would be wild. And it's just like, instead of him, like, drawing closer to his dad, he's like, oh, my gosh, he was like a literal monster. Like, yeah, but yeah. it's important to him to see that side because he's seen the sort of human side. And um, yeah, I mean, and because I want to see what's underneath Vader's yeah. castle. We know there's like just like ruins and amazing things mm-hmm. in there. I think we might be getting a sneak peek <laughs> of the interior of that castle. Mm hmm. An upcoming show later this month that we'll be talking about. In oh, just yeah, we're going to talk about that pretty shortly. Oh, man, you're yeah. going to make us just jump over the rest of this up. Um, yeah, because I want to talk about Obi-Wan as well. I, and I know we're trying to get over there. I have one more little bomb that I remembered to drop to get your thoughts about it. Um, so Filoni talks a lot about Luke and Vader and Ahsoka that's really thoughtful. But he says one other thing, 
Qui-Gon watch. Qui-Gon you know, Qui-Gon watch. He says Qui-Gon Luke alert. is he seems Luke more <laughs> like Qui-Gon. Thoughts. <laughs> I've always thought that. I've awesome. been saying that. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go find uh, audio evidence of me saying something similar earlier in our podcast. I, there's a there's a through line. Qui-Gon connects with Luke. Like and the connection to yeah. family, the openness to connection, the openness to um like relationships and you know like that is to me that's like attachment like that is that's what luke's all about is understanding that it it's not just a rule set you have to it is a feeling in all of this and you have to trust the living force and the moment and the moment saying save my dad you're gonna save your dad you know what i mean like that's yes that's it that's what luke represents and that's what qui-gon represents in choosing anakin skywalker you know that's like he he just had a feeling. He's yeah. like, this boy just needs to be true. Even though he's past the age and there's a chance he could go dark or, mm-hmm. you know, or his his powers could develop too quickly and it could be dangerous. Like, it's, yeah. he still yeah. took Back, the shot. All those things you know? do happen. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, what, what Qui-Gon stands for for me, as well as Ahsoka, as well as Luke, is it's just saying, like, let's not get bogged down in dogma here. Like, yep. in, in, yeah. in yep. rules. Like, this yeah. is the Force. It's a living organism. And <clears throat> those are the most interesting Jedi to me, you know, yeah. they, I think they make the gr- the greatest stories. And um, that's another reason why it'd be great to see more Luke, like with that mindset free in the world, just following the will of the force. And and I totally agree with that with the, with the way he talks to Grogu in that episode. Yeah. And there's no shame in yeah. Luke. And he's not shaming him. He's not judging him when Grogu decides to go back to Mando. I, I mean, he supplies them with a ship, right? Like he's not like, yeah. all right, well, fine. You want to go? Figure it out. See how that goes. No, he helps him. He makes his yeah. de- one screw. He makes his decision. Luke helps him follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fantastic. Yeah. Dave Filoni really has a, a wonderful grasp of just all the lore and the force. And just he, he in Dave Filoni, we trust because he's just he's just bringing us some of the best Star Wars stories, I think, especially force related stories that like I've, I've been craving a long time. Just the sort of like talking about the force and Jedi training and all that sort of stuff. I, I absolutely adore. I loved at the end when he talked about Grogu's connection to the force and he talked about how the truth of the Jedi and the truth of the force to, to him, I guess, and in, in a big way is to kind of abate, you know, conflict and to sort of yeah. calm. Yeah. Another, another organism, you know what I mean? Like that is to me, that was so interesting. I was like, Oh yeah, like that's so true. I, I to me, I've always thought like calming the calming the creature down that that scene is it's is almost like a trope now in Star Wars. Like I've almost seen it a million times that I, I would never think of like showing it again in sort of like in live action. But like it is very important. Like it might arrive. Mm-hmm. It might be like a pillar of just Jedi storytelling in terms of yeah. like calming nature wherever wherever it may be. Yeah. It, could, it not, might not be a creature. It might be a storm, it might be weather, it might be some other sort of thing that the Jedi has to. Right. But taken out of that and put into this story, we've got, you know, it's a it's a development for Grogu, which I think we talked about a little bit um, when we reviewed that episode. But um, it was really cool to hear Robert Rodriguez is like I kept his eyes open intentionally because he he has evolved. He has grown. And this is a growth moment for him. He's been I mean, because he's been raised by a killer, you know, for the past year or whatever it was. And he's just like, nope, I'm being my own person. This I have learned something about the force, and this is the way. Yeah, I mean that's what we always talked about with Mando, right? That we were worried that, not worried, but we talked about the fact that will the Mando change Grogu, right? This idea of yeah, I think reality what we realize is no, it's the other way around, right? Grogu's going to change Mando, yeah, which he already has. Yeah, 
Or they're kind of a yin and the yang thing, you know? It's mm-hmm. just like you've got warrior culture Mandalorian, you know, pure like my armor is my life. And then you've got complete pacifist uh, Jedi character there. Um, yeah. That's that's sort of pulling in the opposite direction. And uh, that's, I mean, hopefully going to bring us 10 more seasons of Mandalorian because it's it's fun to watch. And, is he is he really going to like go into like the core of Mandalore and like yes. Find yes. whatever <laughs> yes. that is to redeem yep. himself? Is that yeah. really well, going to happen? Wait, let's ask. Yes. Let's ask our Mando Boba Fett whisperer, Ben. Ben, <laughs> yeah. is that going to happen? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Is Grogu gonna like so just stand it. there as he's like splunking down into like some cavern underneath the Grogu cavern. is gonna move one of the boulders out of the way so he can get into the cavern. <laughs> All right, yeah, you're right. They're on there the ultimate you know what? That would be it'd be great to go like kind of Indiana Jones with them where they're exploring ruins and stuff. That would be fun. Always give Yeah, me under Mandalore. And like yeah. oh, same so thing, cool. like you see ancient <gasps> Mandalore. That's season three, baby. Season three, yeah. get some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope. I don't know. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, so you guys just hit my last two notes that I was going to bring up. Oh, actually, no, I've got one more. Uh, two more, actually. One is um, how they used uh, the uh, Jarhead was they leaned on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, some of that, those scenes. Oh, yeah, like, oh, that yeah the, uh, working in the exposition. We were like, that was a lot of exposition. I remember after we reviewed that episode, we were like, wow, that was just an ep- exposition <laughs> <Yes>. dump. <laughs> like, give, it, that give it to me. Give and it John to me. Remember, all was that like, sweet, sweet exposition. He's like, yeah, exposition's tough. Like it's hard, but like you know, we we got it. You, like at least like where it's, it's action oh, it's and Wars. you know, it's 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 the lore. The fans sit on the edge of the seat for their lore and Star Wars, and you know, so it's actually like it's important in Star Wars, and like people love it. And I was and when they got to the Night of a Thousand Tears and like all that kind of stuff, I was just like, I was like, yes, like this is what I came to Mandal- <laughs> Mandalorian for. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to get it in Book of Boba Fett, but who cares? I don't care. Here like, we are. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, same, same exact thing there. I'm just, yeah, give me more lore. I mean, that's uh, the other day I was just feeling some kind of way and I needed some Star Wars and I threw on episode five and I just beat by beat was elated by that episode. There's really an aversion to flashbacks and in film school. I know when I was in film school, there was kind of an aversion to flashbacks and VO and things like these, these sort of like devices, these, these tools, um, I'm just thinking I've ad- always adaptation for certain right reasons. But to me, like Star Wars is is like one of those those universes, those worlds, like where you can basically like I think a flashback at any given moment is allotted just because the world is so rich. And yeah. Yeah. it would be a problem anywhere else if it was a, a sci-fi series just trying to get its legs and then it just showed a flashback right away. You're like, oh, I'm not buying into this. Like I know nothing about this galaxy. Like I don't care about any of these characters. Like why are they doing a flashback? They're trying to um you know uh, get make me feel compelled about whatever's happened in the past here and it's like star wars can do that because star wars has that vast galaxy that we care about i think john Favreau made that point and so i think flashbacks are green light on flashbacks that's what i'll say yeah yeah i agree that makes a lot of sense um the other thing is uh, i also love doug chang he's yeah you know ever since i saw the the, like behind the scenes stuff for the prequels and how integral he was in creating all those like amazing designs um, and so like Doug Chang flying the N1 where they actually oh, put him in there so and let him like go was, <laughs> was amazing. That was he designed so fun. That, that shit yeah. came from his mind. And, yeah. then know, and then he got to sit in the cockpit of it and fly it through like <laughs> yeah. a canyon in Canyon. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so I cool. just, I just, I want so many things. I wish it was so like, I just want one thing. I I've listed so many things I want from, from Star Wars, but he'll just sit. In one of those things in the volume, 
Yeah. And just be able oh, to experience okay. it, which is be heaven. <sighs> That'd be so cool. Yeah, all the greeblies and the little controls yep. that someone's like painstakingly yeah. made to like actually create a functional starfighter. I'm surprised that's not a ride at Disneyland. At Disney I mean, World. it's just like it, you sit in a like a single like yeah. light fighter or a yeah. single light fighter. Like you sit in just one of those those small fighters, and then there's just a volume esque LED wall that just wraps around you. Someone walks you up to sit in the fighter or whatever, or it's like a drill. And then you think, go in there, and then the fighter lifts up. It, you locked in, and then it lifts up, and then the stars I, and the space and all the, you know, other fighters around you, and like, oh, man. Based on Carly and mine's exp- uh, exploration of Galaxy's Edge, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a a, a uh, speeder bike ride at some point. Oh, cool. That'll probably be similar to that. I mean, what you're talking about is similar to the Millennium Falcon ride, which is fine. I mean, not to be like whatever. I mean, I love Galaxy's Edge. The ride, that ride was whatever. But it, it it's like I I did that ride, and I'm like. I just I kind of want to be on set, which probably looks even faker than being there. <laughs> and like, but like, I'd rather do that than this ride. But yeah, anyway, the sets looked incredible in this documentary, yeah. too. I was like, yeah, God, just to be there, just to see some of the technology in action would be great. Um, and just yeah. seeing as like how they shot some of the VFX, I would love to just be there on set to see that. Um, one more thing is um, we uh, they introduced a couple more directors, like new directors to mm-hmm. the Mando verse. Right. Um, Steph Green and Kevin uh, Tancharu Tancharone. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's great. Hey, to and so Kevin did worked on the Gathering Storm, which is like when uh, Boba gets his fire uh, the Slave One back, and then um, and Steph Green worked on the Chapter Two, which is Tribes of Tatooine. Um, which was the the train scene, and they talked about oh yeah uh, yeah Lawrence of Arabia, which we also mentioned on, with with Cundy with like yeah, yeah. a Cundy, legendary yeah. cinematographer yeah yeah um, so yeah they got they so got to two, really establish some of that backstory for Boba Fett those two directors uh, yeah I think did Steph Green do the climbing out of the Starlight Pit and then Kevin do the the saving of Fennec Shand or something? Like they did a lot of like the backstory yeah, stuff. He did for basically Boba. bridging what happened between episode whatever the episode was in season two of Mando and yeah. when and the beginning of Mando and she did kind of I just remember to the, be a director and to get that opportunity. Yeah. It's like oh yeah. like what what fun that would have been. That, I love that second episode. Sure. I think that second episode I was so on board with the, the train heist. It was like mo- most of that episode was all flashback, right? Like the vast majority mm-hmm. of a lot episode, of flashback. I, flashback. Yeah. I really yeah. really liked that episode. Yeah, Steph, I think Steph yeah. Green did some some Watchmen episodes, and that uh, I think was the best show to ever air on TV. Yeah, agreed. Years, so. Yeah, it's just yeah, great to see some new talent there the um, into the world to be like, you know, because we, we talked about directors uh, a few episodes ago um, and these would be two new great, you know, yep. directors to, to be involved in, in yeah. Star Wars. And it's great to see young um, directors that want to do this. So, um, I, yeah, that was exciting. I love that. I love that they're getting like established directors in like established like directors of major franchises like Peyton Reed and Robert Rodriguez in there, but also getting like the young blood, yeah. like people who've done like Rick Fiuma, which is I, every Fama time, Yuma. every I'll never get it because, because I know it. If I'm not on a podcast, I can say it. And then I get in my head <laughs> and can't say it. But like he directed dope and a couple other things that like mm-hmm. were like, he's directed major films, but then you get some others who have done, who have done television and just all these different levels of directors. And I'm glad they're building them all out. And like, yeah, I will always point to, um, to Bryce Dallas Howard as an example of someone who like, 
I, she's just developed into this amazing director through, I'm sure she's directed multiple other things. I'm only aware of her work on, on the Mando verse series. Yeah. And like her episode was episode six of book of Boba Fett, whatever the one was it episode six, the one that's just basically Mando season. Oh, you know, it's Mando's garage. Is that Mando's garage? No, it's episode five, right? It's um, yeah, it's the one where it starts out. Like, I think it's anyway, that, that is the best directed episode of that season. Hands down, I will say it's it's amazing. Like she does that long tracking shot at the very beginning. That's just just that one continuous shot is just spectacular. Sorry. Yeah, I do love that episode. I think I her episode of Mandalorian. I think the first season was like uh, it was like I it's guess fine. top top four or top five. Yeah. It wasn't like my favorite episode. Yeah, yeah, like, it was good. This yeah. is top well, one or two. Like this was yeah. incredible. Her episode yeah. in Book of Boba Fett was yeah, uh, if not my favorite episode, my second favorite episode. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it's my favorite directed episode. I mean, if you have a favorite episode of the, of the season in terms of plot and everything, but in terms of the directing style, number one of uh, and I actually might put that number one. Is, is her episode the the dark saber stuff and all that? Yeah, like the yep. the exposition yeah. and the yeah. ring that's, city that's, and like, are you kidding me? That was like the greatest Star Wars it, I've seen. It was in a the long most time. cinematic episode yeah. of all three seasons yeah. of <laughs> of the Mandoverse so far. Yeah, there was a lot of boba in that episode, right? It was like a man. No, there's no, there's, there's literally no boba, but that's not why I'm saying that. Like, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's get on with our debut episode of Old Ben's Hermit Hut. Old Ben's Hermit Hut. Of course, I know him. He's me. All right, welcome to Old Ben's Hermit Hut. This is our debut uh, episode for this this segment, and um, today we're going to talk about the new trailer. The new Obi Wan trailer just dropped on, uh, I guess, worldwide, and uh, we all got to watch it a few times. I imagine analyze almost you know everything we could see, every every frame we could get our eyes on. Um, so much in there like there's a lot of, of we go to multiple this obviously Tatooine we get to see more of Dayu in this trailer and uh there's dialogue there's more dialogue I think in this trailer than the last one I think we got Duel yeah. of Fates on blast last time and this time we get some really fun little dialogue moments yeah um that could we could infer a lot from actually so I, yeah. I can't wait to discuss it with you guys uh what did you guys think of that that trailer that dropped so fun um yeah. Yeah, again, really looking like amazing production value. And the story is going to be like gut wrenching, I think. Yeah. Um, but just so visually striking. And I know they're picking their spots here, but like, wow, like from the like vehicle design to the character design to yep. like seeing stormtroopers again and um, the, yeah, the flyovers, the like different biomes. We get to see the castle that houses all the inquisitorious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just looks stunning. I can't wait to just literally just see it. Yeah, I know. That's that's where I'm at. Exactly same. I I feel like you know we talked about this a bit when we talked about Book of Boba Fett, or at least I did. It's just this idea that like I can't get over how cinematic these shows are. But don't you feel just from this preview and the preview before that this show is upping the ante in terms yes. of the cinematic? Like I I don't think I can tell the difference yeah. between this and a movie. At this point, like it just looks on the same level of something like even like a like a Rise of Skywalker. Like it just looks so cinematic. 
it, there is a lot of, I guess you see a lot of starships flying, transports flying around. There's a lot of like space travel in the show, what, what yeah. it looks like. And that is seems like bigger budget than what we see in streaming. Obviously, we're getting a lot more flying, you know, spacefaring footage in Mandalorian. And um, but Book of yeah. Boba Fett was very much grounded on Tatooine. It, it, we didn't travel very much. Uh, we traveled with Mando for the one episode, but. This yeah, we are traveling in this, but again, we're only getting two planets, so I think that's the only differentiator between this yeah. and like a motion picture, which is we probably see you. Yeah, yeah, I think George liked to really pack uh, a theatrical yeah. experience with many planets, and yeah. we're getting there's two major ones that I think are fo- featured in this. But I guess you could infer that all of the the, the Vader castle-y, dark interior stuff that could be Mustafar, and we could Mustafar is definitely on the menu. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at original trilogy. Uh, we mostly got in almost every single thing. We got like three main set pieces in most yeah. of our yeah, you're right. Most yeah, of guess. our movies, right? Like, yeah. but but in terms of but this seems to be leaning more towards the prequel. And you're right, Grant. When we're talking about prequel. We get travel log movies, right? Like we go to yeah. a lot There's of a places. Lot. So you've been dropping the name of this planet, which is what's yes. the name of the new planet? Dayu. Dayu. I did. I yeah. I have been very. I've been not. I had to dig for it. No, it's actually from an official article that that was released very early. I guess they like super early. StarWars.com was like, here's an article. And here's just like a little bit of what Obi-Wan's up to. He goes to a planet called Dayu. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's sort of a Blade Runner-esque planet is what they described. And obviously now seeing the footage, we're like, that's apparent. (laughs) Yeah. Beyond. Grant, so is that Dayu behind you right now? And you're. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It looks so amazing. It's Sung just Kang. like that's Sung Kang playing the fifth brother, by the way, which I'm very excited for. Oh, cool. Oh, look at that. On yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Fast films. Uh, cannot wait to see him nice. in action. Uh, but yeah, so Dayu looks like it's this planet that I guess Obi-Wan's going on this this uh, this mission, uh, is this integral mission to to something. We're still it's still a mystery as to what he's doing, what the, the plot of the show is. But um, my you can only imagine it's to either you know, steer the Inquisitors away from Luke or to protect someone else. You know, I don't know. Like, or he's, it seems like he's going, he's, he's traveling to this planet for some specific reason. And this planet seems to be a hotbed for Inquisitor um, activities. So there's, because I think the Grand Inquisitor in the trailer, you also see there's a Dayu background behind that character as well. So yeah. fifth brother, Grand Inquisitor. I can only imagine that there's, there's more Inquisitors on the planet as well. So. Well, we also get what appears to be a new Jedi in this trailer that we see. I mean, if if we're going is he, is outfits, it is he a Jedi though? I I'm in Grant. You you talk yeah. to me. You, you know you play. I'm gonna make a big but bold. He looks it to me. All right. Let's yeah, let's, no, let's I, do a little let's do a little bet here. Let's just let's try and speculate as to who Kumail Nanjiani is playing in the Obi Wan series. If he's a Jedi, I would love some flashbacks with Reva and her Jedi Master. And if Kumail is Reva's old Jedi Master in some sort of flashback stuff, or like we go into the Inquisitors, because they make a pretty, pretty big note in the plot details or the log line for the show on IMDb that Obi-Wan has to deal with... and. Uh, allies turned enemies basically like okay like highlighting the story that the inquisitors were once jedi you know like highlighting that idea and so to me i I think there's a lot of fun fertile ground in exploring some of the 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 backstory of the inquisitors much like we get in fallen order and if we're going to fit another jedi into the story it might make more sense to do flashbacks with an inquisitor rather than have obi-wan trying to link up with a jedi just because 
right. that's that like the obvious like, thing to do and it's just yeah. too on the nose i, I don't know yeah. however i think he will uh link up with the jedi because at the very opening of this thing he says uh they are coming well hold on a second uh stay hidden or we will not survive who is the we he's talking to, right? Like, it's, I mean, it, I, it, it's, I don't, like, stay hidden, right? So he's not, yeah. I don't think he's talking to, um, like, Owen, right? So I, you that, think it's Kumail? You think it's a Jedi? Yeah, that, yeah I think it's a Jedi. Jedi. I think it's another Jedi in hiding, yeah. Well, so um, there's a very strong connections to uh, Fall, Jedi Fallen Order, the video yeah. game. Um, if you haven't played that, I suggest figuring it out and playing it i don't know i don't know what to say to that it's it's a fantastic <laughs> game but like a lot of people probably won't play that but you see um i mean there's we, we learn that one big thing is that these inquisitors were all jedi that were turned yeah. um which is pretty crazy so yeah that that's what grant was talking about there earlier where reva which i believe that's the uh that's the investigator that's, right well it's yeah. moses ingram uh that actress is playing Reva. She's highlighted in most of the trailers. She right, seems right. to be the main antagonist aside from yeah. the obvious. Right. She's, yeah. Escalation. She's hunting Obi-Wan is what it, what it appears like. So yeah. So assuming yeah. she's, yeah, she's a Jedi. She could have been, yeah. Related to Kamal's Jedi. If he's yeah. Jedi or something like that. So yeah, that's, he could be wearing, I mean, again, uh, Obi-Wan is essentially like it, it, the, the right. Jedi robes double as a hermit kind of outfit. Yep. It, it, it right. could be uh, just it's a person, maybe a, a lot of people on Tatooine or something where it's just a person body. that happens to be an A-list actor uh, and totally not a Jedi. Yeah. So I yeah, and he's and he's still like super fit from Eternal. So it's making yeah. me think he's a Jedi more and more now. Yeah. Now that you guys are saying that, yeah, you know what? He is a Jedi. Is he yeah, the is he a flashback with Inquisitor Jedi or is he an active Jedi in the plot with he's, Obi-Wan? So, I think we'll he's see. active. So my okay. thought is, I think we're going to get Luke in the first episode. I think I think we're going to get I think we're going to be on Tatooine for about one episode of the six part series. I, I really think what's going to happen is that we're going to get my favorite scene in this entire preview, which is which is Obi-Wan talking to Lar like Owen. That's all yes. I want. Like, that's my yes. favorite thing. Like, that's yeah. just amazing. But I feel like he's going to that's what we're going to get. Kumail's going to find him as a runaway, like rogue Jedi, right? That's being chased by the Inquisitors. And that's what takes Obi-Wan off of this of like, I have to help this Jedi. Like I knew him from yada, right. yada, yada. And the rest of the series is him trying to protect Kumail, who, by the way, is eventually going to get cut down by Darth Vader. But that's just going to happen. <laughs> Let's just understand uh, that. Right. Like, not right. Succeed. That ultimate nerds go. fantasy death. Vader. I think Just what cuts you down. Yeah. And I think <laughs> we're going to have the further fall of Obi-Wan in some way where he's going to realize I can't do this. I, my only goal is to, is to watch over Luke. I can't get distracted. I, I came so close to being found out and, and not being able to help the, the real chosen one type of work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's the true will of the force. He's realizing like, I can't be the hero right now. I have to. Yeah. Do know. we think, do we think the Tatooine, do we think the Inquisitors are on Tatooine? before the Daiwa Daiyu Daiyu uh event or do you think it's after tracing Obi-Wan from the Daiyu event and going to Tatooine or something like later in the series you know like I think it's is it and Tatooine because you do see I think there is a poster now of Vader standing on like a sort of like mesa or like a sandy mm. sort of like escarpment of some kind like there's just like a 
it looks like a desert environment is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah honestly i'm okay with them confronting each other i don't know if it needs to be tatooine like to me that's like I don't know. I just I'm, I'll tell you I'm better. This, I this hope show is going about to do a lot to our the history of Star Wars and what we yeah. know about Obi Wan and Vader's relationship. So there, there's I'm, still I'm chance, excited. Yeah, totally. Uh, there, there's yeah. still a chance that we've seen these two locations and that we're gonna get these in the first episode and then go someplace completely different for the rest of the series. Um, I'm yeah. You know I what agree. I mean? Like it could happen. 100%. And we know we're gonna My... see the the planet that we see in Fallen Order also, which is the. The whole oh, that's right. So that's, yes, it's that's the right. castle yeah, that's, that's right, underwater, right. and I forget which planet's on. I don't even know if it's named in the game, but um, yeah, they yeah they go to yeah. It's, it's it looks like Vader's castle, but it's submerged underwater, and that's where all the Inquisitorius is. So yeah, we'll I will say like, I think my my prediction, uh, and we can mark it down now, is that we see Tatooine in the first and last episode. We spend most of the first episode on Tatooine. And we spend just the very end of the last episode, like a little post whatever, like I'm now back here. I won't leave here again. Thing. And I think the other four episodes are going to be off of Tatooine and he's going to be helping. It's not, it's not going to be Luke centric. I think we get okay. a little bit of Luke at the beginning, a little bit of Luke at the end. So in which episode do we get Qui-Gon Jinn? Man? Yeah. 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 I, I was, I was about to bring that up. I was like, Ooh. so like, what is, what are they truly hiding with this? They've announced a lot of cast members, but there's got to be some great reveals in this show, and I got to imagine it's, it's only one I want it's with the characters. Well, I don't. I think there's other characters too that like are on the map that are just totally not talked about and not showcased at all in the trailer. But you got to think Obi Wan. Like, what is Obi Wan thinking about right now? I can't imagine it's just Luke. It's the the fate of the galaxy, right? And like, I think ties with the rebellion and what's going on. And I don't know. I feel like there's there's other motivations, other characters he might want to get in touch with. The two things. The name of the planet is Nur, and you are. Oh, okay. thank you. Uh, secondly, I think they're gonna see tease us, and that it's we're gonna get him at the very end of the last episode. Qui Gon, yep. like a little bit of like, oh, by the way, let's have a conversation. Fade to black, like cut to black. I, I was just thinking that too, Adam, because maybe the whole thing is like he can't connect with Qui Gon, and that's like one of the, he's just like doesn't know his place. He's like, what am I doing here? The like yeah. the galaxy is destroyed and i'm doing nothing and i'm like this hero of the galaxy like what is my place help someone else and realizes that no his place is there to just yeah. be there and watch i've got a pretty good quiet and then he connects with qui-gon yeah. yeah i love that ben i'm gonna riff on what you're just saying i got a pretty good qui-gon moment just out of what you just said right there which is what if we do need to see a jedi that uh, for obi-wan to connect with and then that jedi dies horrifically mm -hmm. and it breaks obi-wan yeah. who lifts him up after he breaks yeah. interesting yeah you know that that's to be, me yeah. that is that. where you put yeah Qui i like that a lot in the show yeah you get him at like obi-wan as his lowest and then qui-gon come and remind him like, like hey over here you're meant for greater things like you oh, will bring you yes. will bring up you yeah, will help bring apart the next the next jedi like you know yeah yeah, yeah this is Interview your job a great focus. way to work in that and do they ham do they ham-fistedly work in a new hope <laughs> towards a new hope <laughs> into that into that conversation yeah almost Lars has to say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Lars has to agree to it yeah almost yeah. certainly I wonder if they'll even allude to Maul or like Qui-Gon could just be like you'll be tested before the real test like you need to stay ready or something like that oh, maybe like, yeah 
Um, yeah, or he could actually tell meta, him that like, like, I was Maul expecting you to have horns or something like that, where it's just like the entire other script was about Maul, <laughs> but <Yeah>. they won't. <laughs> um, I love um, I love all that. And, wait, uh, he does fight a Zabrak in a hallway though. Like, like yeah, <laughs> that does happen in the show, in the yeah. trailer. In the trailer, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's well, a real he's quick like shot. Shooting, he's using a blaster, right? I yeah. I, I, think I, I also. We had talked about whether or not there's a there's a droid bounty hunter that we see. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I'm hundred percent. What do you think? Yeah. I will no based on Dave Filoni's it's all a connected universe. All the fans want is everything's interconnected and everything's connected to something else. I bet you dollars of donuts it's Q nine zero from Mandalorian. Oh, oh the, yeah, the driver right. from um, the first season episode. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. And I slowed it down, looked at it, and it doesn't quite look like it does Four not Lom. look like Forlom to me. I think it looks like Q90. All right. Okay, yeah. that's fine. See, the thing is, is like, yes, everything needs to be connected. But uh, the the like rule that trumps that is um, the galaxy always has to get bigger. Too. <laughs> the rule that trumps that, the rule that trumps that is Forlom and Zuckus. That's the yeah. rule that comes to the end. <laughs> Always Forlom. If it looks like yeah. Forlom, just make it Forlom. Forlom. Just make it yeah. Forlom. No, that's Why not the right approach. To... I do want to explore yeah. new Star Wars, but yeah. nonetheless, it's we, like... Can we just give us Forlom? Yeah, please. Uh, oh, we asking. do love Forlom. We do I mean, but Forlom. that's a pretty good thing. So if, if the, the Inquisitors are like using uh, bounty hunters as well to, to snuff out... Uh, Jedi that like adds a whole new like yeah. dimension to and it looks like urge. I think there's another there's another there's another shot I saw of sort of like ISB like officer like Imperial officers helping the Inquisitor it seems like it's all hands on deck for whatever this their operation is oh that'd be um, cool to see an ISB officer actually it would be it's a cool yeah. class I was thinking that would be what you throw at Obi-Wan because you right. want something more cerebral instead of like let's just sword fight like you know I mean like I just right well, Don't you want someone to almost both. be smarter than outsmart Obi-Wan? It's like because it's like yeah. that's the biggest threat to Obi-Wan is someone as cunning as him or more cunning than him. That's like the biggest threat to that character because he's he's raw intelligence. Obi-Wan's a very, I, I think, uh, a sort of like yeah. uh, high intelligence yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that's what we're getting in, in Reva. And I know like if you've listened to this podcast a lot, you know, Grant's been talking about this character that he'd love to have in the show and essentially we're getting it but i think they've just they've pumped it up a little bit and been like yes it's this really you know smart investigator but it's also a former i'm hoping it's indira varma but it says she's only in one episode Hmm. oh so interesting see again that's the thing it could all be you know but i think all this could go away in the first episode reva seems to be have the most screen time she seems to be the major antagonist the obstacle for obi-wan so yeah yeah. Well, we'll see. It could all change. Sad. That's she what we so. guessed with Boba Fett. We thought we're like, oh, we didn't see any of this show. This is just the first episode. But really, we got kind of a lot of it in the trailer. We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit uh, of it. But I mean, you know, that's what's, you know, what's good. They're keeping us guessing and um, yeah, it could be anything. So, so maybe that's maybe we're seeing a lot of the first episode in this in these trailers as well. And he's just going to Dio to meet a contact. And that's maybe. just. It's just that yeah. simple. It's just we're leaving Tatooine to risk meeting a contact. The yeah. contact could be a Jedi in Kumail Nanjiani. And yeah, uh, something fun. And then, yeah. you know, danger ensues after that. Or, but, you know, yeah. they're going to have to establish who the um, the Inquisitorius is. 
you know, right. because it's the, for the live audience, they're not going to know. So like, maybe that's the only time we're there. It's just the, the, you know, you know, fifth brother there, um, killing a Jedi there. And, and you start, how ponderous, dead, how, dead. how much like ponderous Obi-Wan time do we get versus inquisitor establishment? Like I'm, that's, I'm, that's kind of like the percentages I'm interested in. One it's episode like... versus five episodes. <laughs> Okay, in terms yeah. of what, who's who, who's getting the five episodes? The the Inquisitors. Uh, I think we're gonna get like I think yeah. I think we're gonna get rid of ponderous Qui Gon real quick in the first episode. I think we are off Tatooine as soon as effing possible because of Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Okay. Um, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I don't really smart direction to go. It at yeah. Least just gave saturated us with with Tatooine. Yeah. yeah, it could just be like Obi Wan's there doing his thing, like being a creep on the Lars homestead, <laughs> and and Owen's just like go kick rocks, and then he's just like you know what I am wasting my time, and then Obi Wan's gone on some other you know virtuous mission that he stumbles into, some other call to action, and um, you know, and but it it leads him back to his original position. Yeah, let me uh, let me. Uh give you some facts and lead this into another conversation. So we talked about possibly um, we know that it looks like they're using bounty hunters to help with this. Sure. Let's establish. Uh, Pedro Pascal is uh, 47, uh, which means uh, the Mandalorian would be about 32 oh my during goodness. the events of Obi-Wan. Oh, we get him in his vintage armor, which is like one of yeah. my favorite looks. Do we, him? Get, do we get young Mando? Earth tone Mando? Young Mando in this in the show again. Keeping in mind, yeah. the numerous times he can't help himself. Earth Tone Mando, best <laughs> yeah. Mando. Yeah. Oh, I him. mean, he looks dapper in like his recent thing with like the dull gray, like yeah, gunmetal like Mando is pretty tight. But Earth Tone Mando, Earth Tone. come on, so yeah. ragtag. I love yeah. it. I yeah. love the ad hoc like ragtag Star Wars. Yeah, pretty great. Um, yeah, I can't wait for this show. I'm I'm excited to see Obi-Wan sort of like in an investigator mode again, sort of like noir detective, like what the heck's going on in the galaxy? Let me, let me explore this planet. Let me meet with a contact in hiding in some dingy alley. Like it seems like he's just like keeping his hood over his head and kind of like sneaking around. I really thought the Fallen Order games are going to deal with the kind of like sneak element of like being a Jedi post-purge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm hoping this show kind of shows how stealthy Obi-Wan can be. Um. Yeah, I, I'm hoping we see some force speed and some jumps and some hiding on the ceiling and some vent crawling and like Obi Wan just really sneaking and uh, yeah, using Jedi mind tricks to just get through thresholds he didn't think he could get through or we didn't think he could get through. Yeah. Well, they showed um they showed one scene in the trailer that's like it was a uh, I think it was fan made um but it was like an it became iconic. It was a wanted poster of Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with like Arabish so all around cool. it, and um, like yeah, that's you know that's setting the scene. It's just like he can't go anywhere. Yeah, he's nope. a, you know he was one of the biggest generals in the galaxy. I'm sure everyone knows his face. So right, and they know he's still alive. Like like, yeah. if you think about it, it's not like yeah, there's no mystery. Just, it's fascinating. Like you, they they know for sure that Obi Wan and Yoda are 100 percent alive because they walked away from confrontations with the two biggest bads of the biggest bads. Yeah, I mean, how are they going to end this if Vader knows he's al- like Vader knows he's alive, and they haven't dealt with this That's in any comics, yeah. in any in any video games. Like it's never been Vader being like, 
I mean, you'd think the one guy, the, the Jedi he'd want the most is Obi-Wan, right? Yeah. But you would think. Yeah, but that's, I mean, I think that's what we're going to get a lot of Hayden with here. It's like, is Vader, now we're going to get Vader dealing with that one way or the other. I mean, it's also like, it could be his heart, you know, like arguing with the Vader, the dark side of him being like. All right, so we can't like, I do want to, I'm wondering in what capacity do we see Hayden in the film? Like, do we see his face? Like, is he just immediately in the armor? Uh, are we getting back to tank footage of him, you know, like getting treatment? Like, what are what what Hayden there? What kind of Hayden scenes are we going to get in this? I think I, I think there's some fun stuff they could do. Like, they already did Ahsoka cutting the helmet. I wouldn't mind Obi Wan like short wiring the suit to the point the breather doesn't work and like he has to pull the whole helmet off and like yeah. fighting. You know what I mean? Like the entire helmet has to come off. I think I would love need Obi Wan. Similar, you need Ahsoka to see his face. I think Obi Wan has to see has his to. face. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that would be a crazy yeah. scene. I think it's gonna be they're gonna like release the monster. We're not gonna see Hayden right away. You know, they showed a lot of cryptic scenes in this trailer. Um, we see the, yeah. the hand being put on, and then the yeah, um, the, the, the like control panel, like yeah, on yeah. The, like abdomen being like screwed into place, and um, you know, so I think it's going to be a lot of that early, and because but everyone's going to know it's it's Hayden, and you know, eventually he'll be revealed. I also wonder if we're going to get flashbacks with the de aging stuff. I I still think we might get a couple of flashbacks, so you get like prime cool. Hayden. I wanted that yeah. in Book of Boba Fett. You know, it was like we they teased. It was little tastes of Clone Wars, yeah. you know, and yeah, it yeah. Was, that was awesome what we got. Um, but I wanted a little more of that, like, I don't know, a, a, a de-aged yeah, the, like, Morrison the as novel Jake of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, the novelized version of this would, like, almost show, like, some war from the path Clone Wars, some battle from the Clone Wars, wherein, like, some tactic was used. Yeah. And then in present day, they're they're cat and mousing each other and then the, the tactic arises again of like right. does this tag is this tactic used or like does it does obi use this tactic to get away from vader does vader know that he's going to use this tactic because of that right. flashback right. you know like there's really fun things you could work in using uh, a, a story from their past but yeah who knows oh man yeah you just like that's exactly what filoni did with the kenobi mall fight um, yeah, right. So that's subtly. Exactly yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was like, so you cool. know, the move that killed Qui-Gon? Like, guess who was Try it expecting again. that to come up? Yeah. Obi was yeah. expecting that. Yeah. 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 Try it again. Like high ground. If the high ground might come into play again, honestly, like Anakin might yeah. have the high ground in this. I think that's the poetry. The poetry <laughs> yes, is that would be on the high ground. But, but, to, which yeah, what, to which Qui-Gon says, you, you or, or Obi says, you know, that's not a thing, right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Because that's the like, joke. We talked about this earlier. Like, yeah. actually, Obi-Wan's amazing on the low ground. That's like where he beat Maul yeah. from the low ground. It's where he beat Grievous from the low ground. Like, yeah, he was like, I was kidding about the high ground thing. I just didn't want you to do it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, there man. are a great many truths we cling to. Yeah, yeah. On your own point of view. He just just serves Vader. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> Ewan McGregor's always on the high ground. I'm calling that now, though. There is, there is, there is a reversal. There's a mirroring of that moment where Anakin has the high ground and Obi has to flee. Obi has to flee into the night because yeah, he, he dare not approach someone who has the high ground. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think it's got to be. It's so hard because here's the problem: it's like 
you're not going to match their confrontation in episode three. Like it's just it's it's literally impossible for a TV show to do that, no matter how good it looks. And then so I, I wonder. I don't know. I wonder if we get actually lightsabers crossing between the two of them at all. I, I think we get a confrontation. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I know. think it has to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, don't kind of promised know it. if Obi Wan is going to use his lightsaber. I almost think he might use an Inquisitor's lightsaber, like that's oh, interesting, like red on red or something, because it was blue on blue and blue. blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. But I like this. Red on red might yeah. be where it's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good call. Uh, and the Disney Plus tag uh, stinger is a red lightsaber cut, cutting the plus yes, sign in half. Sure is. Like, it's not a blue lightsaber. <laughs> it's not a blue lightsaber. Like, yeah, in fact, anything we've seen in the previews, right? We've only seen all like red <laughs> lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a time of blood and misery. It's the dark, yeah. the dark times. Yeah. yeah. The dark. I'm so excited for the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the moment? Like, that is another big. I, I will stand up from my couch when he pulls a red lights when he pulls any lightsaber or his own whatever happens like, oh yeah he ignites it and yep. fights vader like oh come on i'm here yeah yeah, yeah. oh man i, I want them to yeah. establish the teacher student thing though like i think that needs to be like worked in in a really smart way where it's like obi-wan's almost still the teacher like in just yes. in terms of like he outsmarts vader in a way and vader's like damn it like you know you're, you're like damn it you're still the the wiser one you know the wiser yeah. i mean figure. because if they are going to interact the only line that that sets that up is from a new yeah. hope and it's like when last we met you were the master and i was the learner and and now i am the master of your yeah. I, I mean, yeah. awful paraphrasing but it, that yeah. that's no but there could so, be i mean very much an obi-wan could be like see there's still there's still a lesson that i had to teach you or something yeah. right yeah. like it could be a line like that that just Woo! like there you cold. go Coldy yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that could do because I wonder if that could pertain to because it could connect to something Obi Wan's they've they've talked about in the prequels. He there's a lot of lessons in Attack of the Clones. Like Obi Wan is like spouting, yeah, sort of like advice mm -hmm. to Anakin. And I wonder if they might yeah. pluck something Mostly in Clone Wars. I'm sure there's stop stuff. losing your lightsaber. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> that could be the yeah. thing. He could like totally disarm Vader and like look at his face again and just be like. You were my brother and then split. Yeah. <laughs> you were my brother again. Yeah. 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 I don't know. You know, something better than my dumb mind would come up with, but you know, you get it. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. I think we've gushed over this enough. Is there anything we missed? Um, I mean, yeah. Owen Lars is going to be amazing. I think we, we, Got Qui Gon in there. We talked yeah, a, a droid. lot. About... I think there's a droid we see. Like there's like a shot of a droid, and it looks like the size of like a dinner plate. And it's oh yeah, there is like a little. <laughs> it's tiny... like... Yeah, that's right. It's right after the Kumail yeah, shot. It's like a dreidel yeah. or like a dinner plate. It looks like a strange looking disc, like a UFO or something. Yeah, it's... I pegged that and then forgot about it. But was definitely it looks black? Odd. I didn't see it because it could I be saw the... it for like a some second. of the just... Inquisitors like a... use those like those um sensor droids and those look like a dish with like legs they're like mini. it might be that no it's it's red and white i think or red and okay. gray mm -hmm. it, it's very like it it just looks very it's not bd1 but it looks similar design in terms of like that type of design mechanics yeah. it looks very jedi fallen order type yeah we need droids right we need yeah. droids, so they'll they'll be in there somewhere um I yeah. still can't believe they calling the, they're not calling the show just Kenobi. I li I like it. But yeah, it's, just, it's just surprising to me. I can't wait for them to change the title. Yeah, just Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. All right. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, it's, I'm sure they could have used a more subtle title too, but they're just like, nope, this is yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's that, you know, we already talked about a lot of possible cameos, but there's a lot of possible cameos in this. Um, Caleb Doom, you know, like a yeah. drunk, like, um, <laughs> you know, uh, transport pilot. Which yeah. is what he was essentially at this time period yeah. before yeah, Frey you know. Prince Jr. wandered around the background suddenly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we should yeah. guess. We should make our, I guess, our our picks for who we think will appear from so other material. Um, do we think a Cal Kestis might appear? Like, I think even there's the, a solid. The I think there's a solid chance of a Cal Kestis in this. Yeah. yeah, I really do think a Cal Kestis appearance yeah. could happen, especially at the I, end, maybe when it's like, here's what yeah. the Jedi contingent looks like, or whatever. I mean, they made him so photorealistic in that in that yeah. in that game. Like, I don't yeah, know he's how he's basically you don't himself. Get... It's not even yeah. like he didn't like PS5 Spider Man like like mixed like Andrew Garfield and like Tom Holland. They didn't like do anything to change his appearance. It's just the actor. So. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how deep down the rabbit hole they'll go. They only have six episodes, but I mean, there's a world where Cal Kestis and his like new squad grease, right. you know, greasy and, um, yeah. and, um, Sari Junda and like, um, they, they could, he could run into them and be like, but did they like, not destroy, I, did you not do uh, spoilers for fallen order? Do you not destroy the fortress inquisitorious in that game? Like at the end? Oh. I, I think, think it's implied that it blows up because Vader's like wreaking havoc in the lower levels or something. I mean, I think they do a lot of damage, but I don't think they do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's still there, but I can't remember. It's, it's this, been a while. I think I think that takes place before that. If this is nine years in, I'm pretty sure Fallen Order is only like four or five years. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought as well. So it looks like they yeah. repaired Fortress Inquisitorius. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. it would be yeah if they just did a thing where they're repairing Fortress Inquisitorius and talking about the incident, like that <laughs> yeah. would be enough, you know. For I know, yeah, like in terms of cameo, I'm betting big on um on Mando. Okay, Mando. I really do. I again based on Dave Filoni's insistence that we have a shared interconnected universe. Yeah. Yeah, to tie it into other things. Maybe that's Loney's yeah. always putting his characters in other stuff. But yeah, I mean, yeah, a young a young man. Or, great. Oh, that just brought up or Cad Bane. Yeah. We Cad have Bane. bounty hunters. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about Cad Bane in the um previous segment, but yeah. um I, I really like great job. Yeah. They we we you know, I, I think it was great that they mentioned that uh Lucas always thought of Boba Fett as um the Man with you no know, name. man with no name, and then you know the Clint Eastwood, right. and then um, Cad Bane was his Lee Van Cleef, and we've Grant, you especially have mentioned yeah, Lee Van Cleef a lot, um, which is of course from the same Clint Eastwood movies. It's like his, yeah. his I just, his I just, enemy. I think we have a villain uh, overload in the show already that like I wouldn't, yeah. I don't think any villains are gonna arrive from right. ancillary material. Um, I, I, I almost think we might get a Dexter Jester before we get a villain. Oh. Oh like, my gosh, that would be amazing! He's but relocated. He's relocated after the Empire took over. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why he's coming to whatever this planet's name Dyer, is. I can't remember. Dyer, 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 maybe for, for our our fans that may not know, Dexter Jester is the uh, <laughs> the diner owner from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah. We mentioned we've mentioned him pretty much every pod for the last every other. Episode. Episode. Also, <laughs> did we mention him last episode where he shows oh, yeah. up in Queen Hope? I can't remember Queen's yeah. Hope. I can't remember. Oh, if we yeah, talked yeah, about it or not. Oh, good. All right, good, good, good. All right, we did. Yeah, 
All right. I want to yeah. make sure. I just oh. wonder, you know, but Eason's doing the rounds right now. Like... Oh, yeah. He's 100%. Eason's definitely. Yeah. In the show. If he's not, that's wild. That's wild. wild. You want to you wanna plant those seeds, I would think. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's his whole, that's Obi-Wan's whole mission. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the other Obi- half of his mission. His mission one, protect o- uh, Luke. Mission two, commune with, with Obi-Wan. Yeah. Come on. And I like, mean, it's been Qu- long right. enough. Don't don't Google him and things he might have said a few years back. But like people forgot about that. We've been we've been busy with other stuff. So he's he's kind of out of movie jail again. So he'll he'll be uh, he'll show up. Yeah. No, he was on Smartless a couple of weeks ago, and he See, was an absolute gentleman. Yeah, he's he's all he's fine. Um, yeah, uh, he's fine. I I do think it would be endearing to see a known Jedi return other than Obi Wan. Yeah, from the prequels, like a Jarl Poof yeah. in hiding or something. Like, I would cry. I would weep openly. Yeah, uh, I think too. I hate to make you cry just, for other reasons. I'm probably going to be anyways, honestly. I, but like, Jarl yeah. Poof is confirmed dead. If you look at the Wikipedia, I think. Uh, oh, he is. Uh, yeah, they confirmed. I mean, like, they confirmed Jarl Poof dead between episodes one and two because Jarl Poof looked too much like the the Kaminoans. So. Oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He died off screen. I'm back in the higher public. I'm happy. He probably him. died of old age. He was a billion years old. He was because he's in. And I like what the Vader oh. comics did with sort of like sprinkling in like known Jedi masters like Eat Koth and Eth his Koth. life after the purge. Like, what? Yeah. So cool. There's there could be an Eat Koth reference. It'd be great if they tied in some of the uh, comics because obviously the, the comments have covered this uh, area extensively with Vader. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that it just makes sense to tie that in. That's something actually we haven't talked about. But as far as synergy goes, the Vader run uh, from 2017 to 2021, which is, was it Sewell? Yes. Why am I forgetting this? Yes. Yeah, Sewell, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's worth, it's worth owning um, to go read. I'm rereading it now and it's uh, super fun. But yeah, they, they, they bring out those random ETH cough references. And if they could sort of parallel that a little bit and tie into those comics, that would be fun, too. Sure. I would love that. Uh, yeah, Poof is officially dead. Uh, Poof sat on the council until he perished on a mission. Pull one out for Poof. Shortly before the beginning of the Clone Wars in 22 BBY. No additional information. <laughs> Killed in combat. I never never would have expected that. On, on a mission. He could have just, you know, his, his, his fighter could have gone down. We don't know. <laughs> he fell down a flight of stairs. Yeah. But do you remember his head, it also his head on a cross on a door jam? <laughs> I, I was rollerblading one time. You went rollerblading. What have you learned? <laughs> I also everyone uh, should, uh, if they've forgotten, go reread Darth Vader number 25 from 2017 uh, with the mom and uh, vision. And we do get uh, Darth Vader taking on Yarl Poof and dispatching Yarl Poof uh, viciously. Oh, yes. And I, I have the panel in front of me. Nice. And uh, it's disturbing. And I put it on Instagram, but I don't want children to cry. I do. I'm now thinking, <laughs> I th- I'm thinking we're onto something with Kumail being a Jedi because I think there's like a lot of comedy you can get out of a Jedi in hiding. Almost like what, yeah. they're, what they're doing to survive and like, are they cheating? Are they using their powers? And, and it's kind of, Jedi mind tricks are inherently kind of funny. Like they're kind of like funny beats in Star Wars stories. Yeah. And so it's like to me, it's like if someone's using the force just to get by, that could be very funny. And talking yeah. about it could be very funny. And the moral conundrum of these dogmatic monks going into, you know, yeah. leaving their order and having to just like live amongst the those people. It's like that's fascinating to me. As a giant Kumail fan, like that he can look super squirrely and stuff. 
Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. He could look. He can look. Yes. Like he can yeah. look like he's just constantly like looking. He's like, like we can't stay on Dayu. Like you yeah. came here. Like we're supposed to go. Yeah. He would yeah. be a great yeah. paranoid sort of Jedi in hiding because yeah. he's so funny when it's like. Yeah. Things are you know things are wrong and there's they yeah. they got to get out of this sticky situation. He's great for that. Now when he's not and he's just some other character, I'm going to be so bummed now that we've created this entire... <laughs> no, you're be like cry that like one baby. guy at like Chalman's Cantina that just like <laughs> threatens Obi and then walks away. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for this. Now I'm super extra double pumped. Okay, it'll be yeah. great. Um, I think we covered it. Uh, I know we've talked about this a lot, but hey, we got a trailer and there was yeah. at least seven or eight new images in it. And uh, so... <laughs> That that warrants 40 minutes of discussion. Of course. Thank you very much for listening to us this week. Um, we'll be back next week uh, with some more fun things to talk about in the galaxy far, far away. Just take care of yourselves out there and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Always. <laughs>